mostly areas of their weaknesses, free throw shooting. Um, they're, they go to the line like third in the Big Ten. Yeah. Like, they get to the line. They're attacking. If they can raise that free throw number and get it into that 73, 74 range, they're going to be scary. They, I mean, they're, they're, they're a team that, like I say, they play good defense. They work the ball. Uh, Renew, he struggled tonight as far as not really getting shot opportunities. He went for like 30 mm. tonight, you know, the, the game before and uh, only comes up with 14 tonight. That's like three under his average. So, or two under his average. So they did a good job on him, but where, where was strong tonight? Just, they used his size. They used um, what they thought was an advantage and he was able to get it off, but you could tell he was spent. And I think that they're going to be all right. I mean, I think they got a good combination of, uh, of some, some talent. They, that understand their roles. He just wasn't able to get it done tonight. Great defense for the Huskers. Yeah, it's interesting. And Baco uh, was a Big Ten freshman of the of the week this past week. Didn't really do anything. He was in foul trouble early against Nebraska. Um, Galloway hit some threes, I suppose. But they're, they're, I, I was interested in this matchup because they have like four guys that average double figures, much like Nebraska. You don't know necessarily where it's coming from. I think they will be better. Uh, again, they were, their Nebraska's matchup with them will be the 21st of February when they go to Assembly Hall. So we'll we'll see if they remember this game and maybe, <laughs> maybe have some revenge factor by then. But you never know. It's a young team, again, too. If you remember last year, had Trace Jackson Davis, uh, Jalen Hood, Shafano was a young guy too, but uh, he was just a one and done. Um, and this was a team that beat Nebraska last year. And in fact, the last seven times that Nebraska had played them. So this broke a seven game losing streak to Indiana. They were also on a three game winning streak of their own coming into this game. Um, so again, so this five for the Huskers, which is good for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is good for them to get, to get, um, to continue the streak. I mean, I think, um, I think they match up well with the Wisconsin, though. Mm. You know, it's not going to be easy because Wisconsin's been playing really well. Uh, I think they've won nine of their last ten, and and they struggled early, but now they found their stride. And so, but I like the matchup for the most part with that with that group. Now, um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but I, I like the matchup. I'm okay with it. Yeah, we'll see. And then again, that that's the next big game for Nebraska. Um, you know, they've got they've got a few guys in the front court that help lead them in scoring. So it'll be another test and and, another, and very important that Rink Mass was able to make it back tonight. But uh yeah, Wisconsin has uh, been on a roll lately. Their only uh, loss was to Arizona, which is a pretty good team, uh, but has beaten the likes of Marquette, Virginia, um, some pretty good teams this year, uh, and just taking care of Iowa this uh on Tuesday. So um that's going to be an interesting game. Once again, Saturday, one fifteen. Um, hopefully, you'll be there. If you're in Lincoln, get to Pinnacle Bank Arena. Um, on uh, excuse me, excuse excuse me, it's not in Pinnacle Bank. It's in, it's on the road uh, in Wisconsin, uh, so the Cold Center. But uh, be on BTN though, so at least you know where to watch it. Now I got confused because I was looking at Wisconsin's schedule and it said versus. So, but, but uh, let me throw this to you. Yeah, based on what you saw tonight. You said you. It looks as if they have an opportunity to, based on the expectations you had earlier in in before the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Based on what you saw, where do you, where do you kind of position them right now in the Big Ten as far as where you think they could probably go? Well, it's interesting because I think that that's where you know these next couple games. 
Illinois is having trouble, obviously, off the court. Uh, Wisconsin's one of your, the better teams in the Big Ten. Purdue's one of the better teams in the Big Ten. If they could get a, a victory over Wisconsin, I mean, you really change the narrative and you change the talk around this team. Because, one, I think you'd be ranked going into Purdue. <laughs> like, I think you would, you know, uh, I, I think they would be, you know, coming out of the weekend, Mondays when the new Associated Press comes out. It'd be hard if they get a top 25 victory at 13 and, and, and 2 uh, to keep them out in my mind. And so, I mean, again, and, and this isn't a loaded Big Ten. You know, it, Big Ten's always going to be kind of tough, but it's not one of those years where there's, you know, six or seven teams in the top 25. There'll be a few teams that, that go in and out. I'm, I'm starting to kind of think maybe if they, you know, you got to play like they did tonight. You got to keep it up. This is still a team that lost to Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, can, it can come back and bite you. But I've got to think a top, like, Fourth of the conference, top third of the conference type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's kind of how I feel about it too. I think there's really good opportunity because I don't feel like this Big Ten is like it used to be. I think that Michigan State win is going to end up being a good one for them. Um, and I think if you can just kind of find your way into that mid tier of the big of the Big Ten, I think you you can be in a good shape. I think you can be in good shape. Doing that will give you a chance to win a Big Ten game. Um, right now, the expectations is they don't get to 20, but I think if they can handle and split in these next four games, I think you, I think you, can, you, can, you can position them to get towards, get towards 20. Yeah, if we look at where Nebraska's at now, even the Big Ten, you're starting to add up some of these games. The only undefeated teams in the Big Ten is Illinois and Wisconsin. Again, Illinois... Are they going to be without Shannon for the rest of the year? Uh, Wisconsin, you have your chance to, to to take them down. I mean, you can you can ask for more. Nebraska tied for for I guess third uh, with Purdue, Ohio State, and Indiana now all at all at two and one in the Big Ten. Um, but you look down. I mean, again, it's it's just not as deep as a conference as it usually is. Penn State at seven and six this year. Michigan at six and seven. Maryland nine and five. Uh, Rutgers now along with Michigan State. Eight and five, Iowa eight and six. Now Nebraska may have played an easier schedule to to maybe mm-hmm. get to their their wins. So you really want to see what happens in conference play, but you know that just doesn't feel like as deep of a conference, and that will help. But I, I also think it's like Nebraska can kind of come at you in waves, and you don't know who's going to be the leading scorer yeah. tonight. One thing that we we probably should mention is that Bryce Williams, although he ended up with 15 points, didn't play a large part of the first half because he was in foul trouble. Juwan Gary ended up being in foul trouble with four fouls down the stretch. Um, didn't have a particularly effective night, just four points. Um, he has been a rebounding uh, expert this year, only finished with two rebounds, though both offensive uh, for him. Um, but that, you know, this night, it wasn't necessarily Gary's night, but he could lead the team, you know, and we've seen right, him get right. double-doubles. And, right. and, and Williams, I mean... My goodness, if he was able to play in that first half, you probably would have had two guys finish with 20, 25 points tonight. I think their best lineup, when when I think they're most effective in their best lineup, is Mast, Gary, Williams, Tamanaga, and Jamarcus, or throw in CJ. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I, I, I think with CJ, not, not, not starting, but I'm saying, when when I think their most effective lineups are, I think that's it. Now I love the scrappiness of like Hoiberg, just scrappy. Yeah, you know I love that part of his game. B 
because he got his hands on balls, got a couple steals, he got a couple reads. I love that. But I, I, I think if they are able to have that unit to be the most effective in a run, and then you can add the other pieces in, get by, accept the, whatever the other runs of teams are going to give you, and then go back with the strength of any of those or who's hot on the night, and then give it your best shot on 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 attacking teams in the Big Ten and get wins. I, but I do think those are our best lineup. Yeah, I, I can see that. And it's interesting because Wiltshire did start earlier in the year. Gary now coming back off of injury. Um, it's kind of funny because we, we ha- often have this conversation of like when one guy's doing well coming off the bench, you know, it's like, okay, well, he fits in that role well. And Gary did and then almost played himself to like, okay, well, you've got to start him. Now, Wiltshire, who who is the starting, starting spot he took, I don't know if you're getting to the point of saying he's a must-start, but he does feel very comfortable in that role, as you were talking about earlier. Um, and, you know, that between him and Hoiberg and Alec coming off the bench, you know, you usually want to play eight, eight guys. I mean, that's a that's a solid eight-man rotation. We also saw Eli Rice get in the game a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. I think, again, maybe because of Bryce Williams' um, foul trouble. Um, didn't necessarily add too much to the game, but good to get experience for him as well. Good to get experience, but, but that young fellow has a – Good, you know, good uh, college Big Ten body, mm. and so it's just as he continues to get a better feel and get a better understanding, and also grow in his IQ of his game, he's 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 gonna be all right because he's got a burner. Like Eli Rice yeah. has a burner, and when I say burner, I mean he's got a wet jumper. Like he can stroke it, and so I think he's just got to understand his IQ, kind of get like CJ Wilcher. He looks to me like CJ looked when he was young. Yeah. We just just don't know. A little bit unsure, not not sure where a shot's gonna come from. So sometimes when he gets it, he'll just fire it. So I think once he gets a better lay of the land and and, and more comfortable, I think he'll be fine. Oh, and he's got some athleticism that yeah. kind of jumps out at you too. So he kind of kind of can get away with it again in the non con at times. He's a guy though. Like, do you do they have to like carve out a role for him too? I mean, I know there's not much. Maybe there's not playing time involved, but as far as when he does get in the game. Do you have? Do you think you have a role for him? Is it? I mean, because sometimes young guys struggle, especially you know. You talk about a, a guy with a shot where it's like I, you know, hesitant to shoot because you don't want to you don't want to jump in front of somebody's spot or feel like you're trying to take a bigger role off the bench than maybe you should. Do you think that they have a role specified to him, or is it just kind of go out there and play right now? Yeah, I think you don't want to establish an, an, an established role for him. Let him just be free, so he's not thinking. That's what you want to eliminate for a young player. I mean, like for myself, I I think when I was a young freshman, it was the focus was be the best defender that I can be, which will give me opportunity when it came time to go against some of the best of what's going to be brought to us in the big eight at that time or in any non-con, you know, so I was given tasks against like uh, Sean Respert of Michigan State when he was there and Donnie Boyce at Colorado and Chauncey Billups and Paul Pierce or, you know, whoever that best guy. That's what I was. And so I allowed that to play. That's what he's got to do. I think he needs to take a focus in a specific area, be the best rebounder, be the best spot-up shooter, um, be the best at whatever he, he has a strength at. And that'll allow him to play with a freedom of mind so that he could just uh, be successful in, in this in his freshman campaign. Kind of interesting, too. Another guy off the bench that didn't get minutes tonight would be Jaron Boogie Coleman. Um, what what are you kind of your thoughts on him? He's he's missed. He has had a few games where he does 
does get a did not play. Seems to be coaching decision type of deal. Um, is you know we've seen it before in, in in years past with teams where you know that can happen and but you got to kind of just kind of keep your head up and then once you get your shot take advantage of it. Do you think there's a role down the line for Boogie Coleman on this? Let team? me ask you. Let me ask you, mm. and then I'll answer. Yeah. Um, what is Boogie best at? He seems to be he, maybe as close to what they have as a true point guard. Um, but he hasn't, you know, and, and, he, and he, it's interesting because at his previous stops, you know, he's been a guy that's averaged 13 points per game. Um, doesn't seem to be too adept or doesn't seem to be on the attack, it seems like. Maybe he's maybe in that role of being point guard, um, but doesn't doesn't seem to be looking for a shot. Where is he worst at? Uh Maybe defense facts. <laughs> Boogie's Boogie's feet is an absolute liability. He looks like I mean, listen, I like him, but he looks like an old man. <laughs> like he doesn't look like he can bend at the at the at the knees. He bends at the waist. He doesn't move very well. Mm. Um, so I think he's a defensive liability. I don't think he gives you enough on the offensive side. Yes, he's a great distributor, but at this point, who's your best distributor on your team? is the air traffic controller rink mass. Mm. So Boogie doesn't really have a traditional role unless it's a traditional point guard style, and that's where I think he's he's on the outside looking in. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, maybe he does get another shot. Of course, uh, also looking for maybe some guys to come off the injury report. You never know. But right now, even like we said earlier, with the eight that they have, nine that they played tonight altogether, you feel pretty good. Um, let's go to your response again here off the uh, the text line. Uh, starting in text line, 402-464-5685. David Volton says, defense keeps you in games, gives you a chance to get hot. That certainly happened tonight. Uh, AD chiming in says, great show, brothers. Nebraska played both offensively and defensively with grit and tenacity. They played like strict tonight. Focused uh-huh. intensity, GVR. Yeah, that, that's a fact. I will say that, that they were very intent and they, they were locked in on the scouting report. Uh, they knew what Indiana was trying to do, what they were trying to accomplish. I think their communication in a couple of spots in the first half was bad because they rotated to the same guy in a couple of instances, which led to a, an open shot, which hurt them. But I think they got locked in, and their rotations got way more crisp in the second half. Uh, 5124 says trash refs, and Troy and Lincoln says, I don't like anything negative about officials, but they were off the night. Glad the guys played through it and didn't get down. Um, did you kind of feel that way? They're certainly letting them play at least, and which yeah. you know can can help a team like Indiana. They were beating up Tamanaga at times, that's, as you mentioned. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. All of the shoves, all of that. But that's why I'm telling you, it has to be bodies that they need to put on people. That little run by, you know, like the the the, the call against uh, Sam Hoiberg that was trash. Like, all he did was turn. The guy runs into his back. That's, that has nothing to do with Sam doing anything. He didn't move. He didn't hip. He just stood there, and the guy runs mm. into his back. That's that. Those are those are terrible situations and calls, a couple of no calls. Um, but, yeah, the Huskers played through it, man, and that's what you want. They didn't overly complain. You know what I mean? They just kept fighting. They were just like, okay. Yeah. I like that. That, that shows, that shows a, a, a level of maturity that this Husker team I don't think has had in a while since hmm. I've seen them. Well, and a reminder too, refs are uh, are humans. They will miss some calls for here and there. And Nebraska again, we're not, the only the only way I usually was like stop like like it's obvious I can can call out uh, referees, 
But I always like to look at the free throw numbers before I start complaining too much. And that doesn't tell the full story because teams can play more physical and actually foul more. But when you fit, when you finish with seven more free throws than the opposing team, I don't think you can complain too much. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't wasn't like egregious or anything yeah. like that. There's some things you miss, and you're going to do that. Absolutely. All right, well, let's uh, take a quick break. We're going to round it out, wrap up the show, the Hoops Post Game Show here on 93.7 The Ticket when we return. Thanks again to Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical for sponsoring the show. Huskers get an 86-70 to 70 win. We'll talk more about it and break it down uh, for the final segment of the Hoops Post Game Show coming up next year on 93.7 The Ticket. the Hoops Post Game Show here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bachman alongside the Husker Hall of Famer Eric Strickland and we are celebrating a Nebraska victory tonight. 86-70 over those candy striped pants that they brought into Pinnacle Bakery to tonight. Indiana Do you think so? Ugliest things I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. I would not I, I, I wish <laughs> Nebraska would try to put us in some and when I was playing, boy, I would never wear those things. Those are those life. are like tradition Richmond. Yeah, they were. They were yeah. old school. They were old yeah, school. Yeah, old school. Yeah. 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 But uh, anyway, in any case, uh, it is it is part of the interest <laughs> here. Again, that Nebraska did beat Indiana this uh, coming off seven straight losses to the Hoosiers. And the Hoosiers have been uh, pretty good. You know, maybe they're not the Indiana of old as, as Bob Knight is that you might have noticed. They had a patch uh, on their uh, on their jerseys uh, celebrating Bob Knight, of course, who passed away this this past year. Um, so they haven't been that program in a while, but it's kind of interesting because Nebraska football is often compared to Indiana basketball, and Indiana basketball has kind of gotten back on the track as of late. Again, to me, this wasn't like a fluke win or, you know, there was a time, I think 2012, maybe 11, when Nebraska got the victory over Indiana, it was huge. They had like Cody Zeller and Victor mm-hmm. Oladipo, and it was just a huge win for Nebraska. But you weren't you weren't convincing yourself that Nebraska was actually the better team. But I think it, it does say something that when you know, I and I, I don't want to go as far as like you know, Indiana probably still has the athletes to have a higher upside than maybe this Nebraska uh, team does. But again, the way that this Nebraska team plays defensively with tenacity and and, and kind of the togetherness that they've already been able to. Um, the chemistry that they've already been able to build despite not having played together for many of them for too long. Um, I'd still think Nebraska's better, uh, a better team. And maybe you're starting to think a big win for the program again, because seven straight losses to Indiana is a big deal, but this Nebraska roster, part of the excitement about it is there are a few guys that are going to, going to go ahead and move on, but it's You're going to bring back a large majority of this roster. Well, the, the key, I mean, one of the things I was talking with uh, Nick, you know, at the game, Nick mm-hmm. and I were discussing it. Is for some reason, I in my mind thought Rick Mass was a senior, mm. but the fact that he's a junior and returning, that's that's huge for this team. Absolutely. You know, and the and and what they're going to have, um, obviously, use the physicality, the athleticism that Gary. So you definitely would hope that you can replace that. But I think that, to be honest, I think Eli Rice has the ability to kind of be a similar type. And if I'm in his ear or if I was in his ear, I'd be telling him, you know, hey, look at look look at that. Try to be that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, just attack. Go to the rebounds. Get us extra possessions. Defend the best guy. You know, I think right now he's so young and he's always been so talented, so physical that he's never really had to defend to the level that Hoiberg. And I think that's what's been hindering him a little bit. But I think 
he could be that. He could fill that role. Um, you got CJ back, right? You got one more. Yeah, yeah. So I think you've got a nice core. Jamarcus is, I think, going to only get better. Obviously, you're going to lose Tamanaga, um, which is he's like your firecracker of your team. Bryce is somebody who consistently and calmly can can get buckets for you when you need it. And so you just got to figure out how to replace a few of those pieces and maybe add to that that continual depth. But I think a good core of their team will return, which will help them to uh, be successful. And before we get out of here, I did want to ask you about Kese Tamanaga. He did go off tonight, season-high 28 points. Uh, we talked about it uh, briefly earlier. Of course, he was at a point last year where he was averaging like 25 points down the stretch to help Nebraska's big run. Could this be the start of that? He kind of came into the the year with some all Big Ten potential talk around it. Probably hasn't played that way in, through the non-con in the early conference games. But this type of game maybe could be the spark to get him going. And also, uh, key to note that he, he did, it's not all three-pointers. He had a good cut once again today, but really got it going with his mid-range. And once he starts hitting some mid-range, then you can't just defend the three on him. Absolutely. And, and, and here's why I love the maturity of cut Tamanaga. Um, the team was trying to make a run and extend their lead, and he gets the ball whipped to him to the corner. He could have shot three. He's been hitting. But he understood what winning basketball is, and that's getting efficient shots, building on leads, and he stepped in to a mid-range and on the baseline, on the corner, like mm. out of the left left corner, and hits the shot, which pushes the lead, I think, to 14 at that point. So those are those are things that that you can learn. And then I saw, um, you know, uh, you know, I think who was it? A couple guys came off screens and got into mid-range. That's going to be their bread and butter. Because guess what you're gonna need that for, Bach? You're gonna need that for Mid Purdue. Mm. Oh yeah. Because Edie's gonna be there. You're either gonna need that or you're gonna need Rink Mass to hit hit some big shots. So you've got to be working on your mid-range jumper, and this is one of the things that I hope CJ will begin to see as he's watching film. He either drives too far, but he has open shots sometimes coming off screen with a guy trailing. He gets to a mid-range shooter, but he wants to go a little bit too deep, and he doesn't elevate like that to be going yeah. that deep, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, he's played well, but there's, again, always some improvements you can make. I know he kind of got stuck down there and, and did get an assist out of it one time because the, the defense kind of collapsed and he passed it out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that could be another step up uh, that we could see an improvement as this team continues to get better. Once again, Nebraska gets the win 86-70 to at home, protecting home court at Pinnacle Bank Arena and improves to 12-2 on the season, 2-1 and in conference play, Indiana, meanwhile, falling to 10-4 and and 2-1 and in conference play themselves. Next up, Nebraska, once again, will head to Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin, to take on the Badgers. And that will be, a, of course, a top 25 Badger team. They're ranked 21st right now. They'll be Saturday at 1.15, so we'll have the post-game show for you after that. That's the next time we'll talk to you on Hoops post-game. But... Strick, you'll be back for On the Block tomorrow, right? From yeah, 2 to, I'll be 4. There, 2 to yeah, 4. And I'll be on the and captain. WTF. Oh, there you go. WTF Thursday. tomorrow as well. Uh, so we'll talk to you tomorrow. Of course, bright and early, early break. Get ready for that at 6 o'clock. Other than that, that we'll wrap it up for the local program. We'll send it out to National here on 93.7 The Ticket.